Right, we have had some amazing messages this month, haven't we, on Master Builder Jesus, the Master Builder. So, I have my title for you this morning is Jesus, the Restorer of Dreams and Visions. Wow, that is so good. You may have a dream, you may have had a vision. You may have thought it died, but I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus restores dreams and visions far better than what you ever dreamed up to start with, may I ask. And we had at conference, you know, um, we often come to God and we want our questions answered. We always want to say, God, what's the answer to this? But sometimes God has questions for us. Sometimes he asks you a question, and I have two questions today that I want you to think about during the message and that you take home with you. The first one is this, what do you see and what are you building? What do you see and what are you building? Do you know that before ever the worlds were created, before God laid the foundation of the world, He saw you, and when he saw you, he built you, or he created you. What you see is what you will build. And when Mary received a promise and a word from the Lord through the Spirit, through the angel, they said that he's a virgin, she's going to give birth to the Son of God. She saw it, she received the word, she saw it, and she gave birth to the Son of God. God wants you to have birth to new dreams and new visions this morning. We are made in the likeness of image of God. He imagined you and I, and he created us. Isn't that amazing? So what do you see this morning? In uh, in 1966, Walt Disney died before his, what was called the Magic Kingdom at Disney World. So he had this vision to build the Magic Kingdom at Disney World, and he he died in 1966. And in 1971, when it was finished, they had his nephew and some of the family members come along. And as they were cutting the ribbon there, one of the people turned to Roy, his nephew, and said, what a shame that Walt Disney didn't get to see this. And Roy, his nephew, said he did see it, and that's why you are sitting here today. Wow, isn't it awesome? So I want to share some scriptures from the Word of God. So we're going to go to 1 Samuel. What do you see, and what are you building? 1 Samuel. Okay, I might need my glasses for this. Where did I put them? Brilliant. This is a story about David. David's been away with his men. They've been at war and fighting, and they come back. And in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1, this is what it says. It says, and it should be coming up. Here we are. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites, that's the enemy, had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag, that's the home of where David lived, his family home and his city, and they'd burned it. They took captive the women and all who were in it, both young and old. 
They killed none of them, so they didn't kill any of them, but they carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men came to Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire, their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's wives had been taken. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then it goes down and it says, David inquires of the Lord. If you've in a, in a, you got a big problem, inquire of the Lord. And he says, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? And the Lord said, pursue them. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. So David and 600 men with him come to the Bezor ravine where some stayed behind for 200 men were too exhausted to cross the ravine. But David went with 400 men. Verse 11, it says, they found an Egyptian in a field and brought him to David. They gave him water to drink and food to eat, part of a cake of pressed figs and two cakes of raisins. He ate and was revived, for he had not eaten any food or drunk any water for three days and three nights. David asked him, who do you belong and where do you come from? So the Egyptian tells him where he came from. He was, he would, he'd been with the Amalekites when they raided Ziklag. And David says, can you lead me to this raiding party? He says, I will if you don't kill me. And so David promises. Verse 16, it says, he led David down and there they were scattered over the countryside eating. This is the enemy. They're having a party, celebrating, reveling because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. There's a lot in here. I'm going to come back and tell you more about it. So David fought them from dusk till um, the next evening of the next day. He recovered all. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. And then it says uh, further down that David got so much plunder that when he comes back to Ziklag, he sent some of the what he got has the amazing blessings and the plunder to the elders of Judah. Here is the present for you from the plunder of the Lord's enemies. So other people got blessed. What do you see for your family? That's my question to you today. What's your vision for your family? The enemy wants to come and rob you of your family. Here is David. He's come home. He's tired. He's been working hard away and he gets back to find everything had been taken. And you know, it's easy to get down and discouraged. This was like, if ever there was a breakthrough that David needed, it was now. Everything had been robbed. The enemy wants to rob you of your family. He wants to divide and he wants to try and conquer everything in your family that belongs to you, including your possessions. He wants to rob you. And there was never a time like this but David needed a breakthrough in his life. Now, he could have had a pity party and thought, man, this is so bad, I'm just going to give up right now. But he, did, he said, no, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Sometimes, even your friends aren't going to do it for you. You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, I've had a bit of a funny, interesting week this week before I fly out tomorrow. I ended up in well, at the conference in Wellington. I started to get this terrible toothache, and it got so bad, worse and worse and worse. 
And finally, I had to go to the dentist, and he said, he took an x-ray, he said, oh, you've got an abscess, and the pain literally was, like, horrible. It was so bad, I was, like, it was infecting all my body. And he said, go on antibiotics and come back in a couple of days. And he said, oh, well, maybe if it doesn't get better, come back tomorrow. So I went on these antibiotics, and it really just kept going. The pain was, like, next level. So I phoned him up and I said, you know how you said I can come in early? I need to get rid of this. It is just driving me so insane. I can't function properly. I need it out. So we get into the chair and he said, oh, it's quite bad actually. And he said, it's going to take time. It's quite a bad tooth. I don't want to break it. Leave the root in there. He said, I have to take time. I said, just get it out. But you know what? I was there by myself, and I sat in that chair, and he said, oh, it's going to hurt to get it out. I'm going to give you double dose of injections. I went, just hit me with it. Just go for it. And I just sat there in that chair, and you know what? I could have packed a side and went, oh, this is terrible. I, it was just me and God. And I went, come on, Lord. I know that you can help me get through this, and I'm just going to praise you in the dentist. So literally with my mouth packed, had a fat face, I was sore, and I just was like, Jesus, you are awesome. He must have wondered what on earth I was on, but I wasn't on anything. He hadn't even given me gas. I just praised my way till that terrible root came out. I was so happy to get rid of that, so happy. So David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you've got to do it yourself. You've got God. You don't need anybody else to encourage you. When you've got God, you've got the greatest encourager right there for you. So David said, shall I go after my family? And I'm saying to you today, should you go after your family? Yes, you should. Because your family is so important to God. That's what he created right there, Adam and Eve in the beginning. They are very special to the heart of God. Now, I want you to notice that sometimes we can get so focused on our breakthrough, I want my breakthrough, Lord, that we forget there's a weak and sickly person and neighbor that might need tending to. So who does David come across? The men come across this Egyptian, and it says that he's sickly, weak, and he's hungry. God Sometimes before we can even get our breakthrough, he has people that are around us that need tending to. And God brings people into your life. I can tell you that even before I've had breakthroughs in my life, the people that God has brought along. Now, Egypt speaks of the world. Sometimes he'll send you the unlikeliest person that you ever thought to bless you. But something I want you to notice, and I think this is hilarious. You're going to kind of have a little giggle at this. They give him some food. And what do they give him? It tells us there that they give him some cake of figs and a cake of raisins. Do you know that you need good moving? Do you know that you need a good spiritual diet of fruit and fiber? And this is your spiritual diet here. Too many Christians have spiritual constipation. They get so blocked up in the law, and you should, 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 and it's not full of grace and truth, and all they need is to remove that blockage and get a good spiritual diet of Jesus Christ, who is the life. 
And I tell you what, it will revive you. Like Elaine shared this morning, wasn't that powerful? She said that God just kept working with her until she got freedom. Tell you what, I've had some blockages. When I was traveling last year, man, I was so happy. Like, oh, sometimes it's painful. It's really painful. And I needed to get some good old kiwi fruit. Don't put that on the notes for the life group, by the way. Sometimes you just, you need a good, healthy, spiritual diet. And this Egyptian, he was left half dead by the enemy, by the way. Do you know that you might think that the world has some cool stuff to offer you, but it never will. The devil wants you feeding on junk food. Things that you think might work, like, oh, just go out, party hard, get drunk, just have a blast, it's okay, it'll be all right, don't worry, take the drugs, that's all fine. Do this and do that, and it's just junk food, and it's a lie of the devil. It will never, ever, ever satisfy you, but this will. Jesus is the answer. He's your spiritual diet. So this Egyptian, he revives and he's fed first before David. I, know, I don't know if you noticed there, it says that they fed him. He revised. They give him water. We need the water life in our diet, don't we? And then David says, who do you belong and where do you come from? People that walk through these doors, they actually need feeding with good spiritual food. They want to belong before they believe. Sometimes we can start asking them the questions. You know, when Jesus called his disciples, some of them were simple fishermen. People never thought they were world changers. But when he called them to come and follow him, he never said, I I, want to know what your past's like. What have you done in the past before I call you, just in case I might have made the wrong decision? He never asked that. He just looked to them and went, come follow me. People want to belong to a family before they even believe in the family, don't they? You know, that's what God has for us. So this Egyptian, he shows them the way. Who speaks into you is more important than who speaks about you. Get people around you who will speak into you. David And his men revived this man with good spiritual food. Let the word of God speak into your life and build you up. It's awesome, eh? People want a family of encouraging, kingdom-minded Jesus warriors who know who they are in Christ, who are eating a good spiritual diet, who understand the goodness of God. Yes, it's so good. So do not get stuck in your misery. Don't build a house in your problem. The children of Israel were not told by God to build a fixed abode in the wilderness. They were only tenting, camping, because they were to pick up your tent and keep going because he always has something better for us. eh? So another thing, we get down and it says the enemy was partying. And I want you to to see this. It says they had taken from the land, so the enemy had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. Do you know what Judah means? It means praise. 
The enemy is partying when he robs your praise. That's what he wants to do. When you get discouraged and despondent because your kids aren't walking with the Lord or a family member's not going on and we start to get discouraged, well, don't give up. You get that praise back on your lips and you praise your way for your family to your breakthrough because the enemy will always party too early. And I had that experience and, and Paul and I did in our own family as well. When our uh, daughter, when she was younger, she wanted to go her own way and do her own thing and she, she um, ended up um, with Reese. And um, we were like, oh... <laughs> That wasn't supposed to be funny. I know, but wait, wait till you hear. And he wasn't, uh, he wasn't a Christian. He didn't love God. And I, I was just so upset. I cried. I'm like, what are you doing, you know? And I started to pray. And I think I shared this. I started to pray because I hadn't got the eyes of God. I hadn't got vision at that point. What do you see for your family? That was my question. What do you see is what you build. So I started to pray that the Lord would break them up. And guess what? Prayer is powerful. God did break them up. But then God spoke to me. And he asked me a question. And he said, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm praying. That's what I'm supposed to do. And he went, do you not see what I see for this young man? And I'm like, yeah. He said, I love this young man. And he's got a great future. And you know what? I changed my prayer. And I saw in that young man what God saw. And I started to declare and praise my way to the breakthrough. And next week, you're going to hear from him because he loves Jesus. I tell you what, it's an amazing, amazing. You praise your way to breakthrough. It's so good. Right. So it's fantastic, eh? What are you doing and what do you see? What are you building and what do you see for your family? David brought everything back and more because it said there that this enemy had also robbed the Philistines. I reckon he probably thought, oh, they're not around. I'm, let's take everything. It says he brought flocks and herds. He got everything back that he'd lost. I'm here to tell you today, you are going to get everything back that you think you have lost and more besides, isn't it? That's what the, our God does. He gives us more. Don't you ever think that you are robbed of your family? No way. He can waste his time padding because we're going to praise our way to breakthrough. So number one is you inquire of the Lord. That's what David did. And I'm going to give you the number two in a minute. So they got their praise on Judah, and he got everything back. And not only that, when you get a God-given dream of vision, it's never just for yours truly. It's for more people to be blessed by your dream and vision than just you and your family. Because when David got the plunder, guess what he did? He took it around to all the elders so in all the towns, and in his town he took it, and he gave a blessing to them as well. That's what a God-given dream is. Isn't it wonderful? Don't build a house in your misery, and here is what you do. I'm going to give you, tell you what you do next. So you inquire of the Lord, and I want to tell you that in Ezekiel, here was something that was so bad Ezekiel 37, it says, the hand, this is for Ezekiel, 
the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. So he puts him in the middle of the valley. It was full of dry bones. He led me to and fro among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. So this wasn't just recently dead. It was long dead. This was something that was so past it. And it says, and then God says, son of man. I love it when he asks a question. Here's another question. Can these bones live? If you were to be asked today in your situation and what you know of your family, is your, is your family going to live again? Is your, um, are these, can these bones live? And I like what Ezekiel says, he says, oh, you know. Well, of course, the Lord does know. But what does he, so what does the Lord say to um, Ezekiel? He says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. And so um, he's commanded to prophesy. So Ezekiel starts to prophesy. That is what you do, church, to your situation Nothing's more dry than dry bones. Nothing's more dead than dead dry bones, is it? There is no situation that cannot be changed and come to life for the glory of God. You speak into your situation, start prophesying, start speaking God's word, his promises, remind him of the promises of what he may have given you with dreams and visions long time before. And then I want to finish with this. Can these bones live? So prophesy. That's what you do. You prophesy. So that was another thing. You inquire of the Lord, you pray, and you prophesy. Speak life into it. And I want to finish with this in Zechariah. I just love this in Zechariah. My father actually wrote a book on Zechariah. He's an amazing teacher, and he wrote a book on Zechariah. And here it is, Zechariah chapter 4. Here's the last question from the Lord that he's got for you and I today. He says this, God says, he asked me, that's Zachariah, what do you see? Oh, this is Zerubbabel, actually. He says, what do you see? And then Zerubbabel goes on to say what he says. And he says, this is, and, and then the Lord says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Because Zerubbabel, he in this passage thought his dream had died. And so he says, this is the word of the Lord, not by might. That might there is translated army, by the way. In the English, when you translate it out from the Greek, it means army. So no army or power, that's man's power, man's strength. But my spirit, says the Lord, what are you, almighty mountain? Are you facing a mountain today? Well, this is what the Lord says. It will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Now, do you know what a capstone is? I haven't done a lot of building ever in my time, but one thing I do know, it's not the foundation stone. The capstone is the finishing stone. What God starts, he will finish. 
We've had a lot in this church over the Master Builder series about laying the great foundations, but I'm here to tell you that the dream and promise that God has put in your heart, He will finish it. He will bring it to pass. So don't despair, guys. Do not despair. God is going to put the capstone on your dreams and your visions. So what do you see? What you see for your family or what you see, what your vision is, you will build. You start to prophesy out. Eh? So I would like us all to stand now because I think we need to do some prophesying for our kids, for our family. Eh? Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to um, do some um, declarations. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. He knows what we need to declare. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So I'm going to say it and you're going to repeat it eh? through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to step into all that God has for us, for our family, because we will not be robbed of our family. Thank you, Jesus. I declare that my family belongs to you, Jesus. I declare they are world changers. That you are for us. So who can be against us? Thank you, Jesus. That we will live for you all the days of our life. Our children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. Amen. Amen. Awesome.